Anyway, as usual, welcome to another episode of At the Bar Podcast. This is episode number 40. Whoa, we are killing 40. it. We're killing it. It's only taking us a year and a half to get to 40, guys. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's us. <laughs> Once again, as usual, I am Mike. And as usual, the usual suspects, not the guy who has many nicknames. We'll call him Hollywood this time. Uh, say, tonight's a good night to call you Hollywood. We have Jeff. Tonight's a Hollywood kind of Hollywood night. It's me. Night. Yeah, it's Jeff. So, hola, mi amigos. We kind of want to break up the show a little bit. You know, a little bit. We've we've done craft beer. We, we've done very in depth, perspective based craft beer discussions. We're gonna switch it and maybe have a little bit more fun with it. Uh, I know Jeff found an article the other day that he wanted to kind of bring on the show, so I'm gonna hand it over to him and let him uh, take it. Yep. So for you uh, fellow Chivers out there, I'm sure you guys have also seen this article, maybe came across it. It was a few weeks back, um, but it was something that kind of caught my eye and I found very interesting. It essentially is the judgments that people make based on the drinks that you order. So basically how people judge you based on what you order at a bar. Uh, and they went and did a thousand person survey and broke down all the info on what you could order at a bar and how who finds it most attractive or least attractive and for what reasoning. Um, tons of cool info uh, graphs and things like that. So there were some interesting talking points in this article, and I wanted to kind of go over it. Um, the first of which is the most desirable drink orders by sex, which I thought was a great place to start. <laughs> um, Mike, Mike, you've already gone through this, correct? Uh, I, I breezed through about the first half of it. Uh, you know, my, my theory of being the least informed going into things. So I'm I'm not informed a whole lot. So, <laughs> all right. So we can go. Let me the start then. Uh, the, so I've got it pulled up here. So the first uh, the first graph that we've got is most attractive drinks ordered by women. And if you could guess it, take how about you take a guess since you're not you're not abreast of it. What what would you okay. find to be? You're on a date, first date. You go out with a woman. She's gonna order a drink, and she orders blank, and you're like, wow, that's hot. Well, I I, I feel like. You know, water is a commonality with women, but I mean, going based off stereotypes, I would say either maybe a vodka drink, a clear vodka drink, or probably a red wine. One of the two. Okay. That that would be my guess. Red wine. Red wine is the number one or wine in general. If a woman orders wine, that is found to be the most attractive thing by men. Um, Second is a non-alcoholic beverage or a water. So if you're at a bar and you order a non-alcoholic beverage, that is considered to be most attractive for you women listeners out there. Uh, just behind wine. The third is craft beer, which I thought would be higher. I, I thought it would be higher. I, I'm the other way around. I'm surprised it's that high. <laughs> I'm very surprised it's that high. I thought, I'm sitting here thinking, guys want a girl who drinks beer. Right? Sure. Like, that's yeah. like, that's the dream. That's like, the, everybody's like, yeah, man, my girl like drinks beer and like shotguns and watches NASCAR, bro. Like, I don't know about all that now, the, but I'll agree with you on the beer. <laughs> well, I say that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but I was surprised to see that it wasn't higher up. So that's, uh, so it's craft beer. Next down would be your vodka tonic that you talked about earlier. A mixed drink of mm-hmm. some kind is fourth on the list behind non alcoholic beverage, which I thought was interesting. Um, Top shelf liquor is behind lick mixed drink, which I thought was also interesting because to me, chick orders a top shelf old fashioned and I'm in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But you, you, I guess that's uh, this is a thousand other people, different opinions. So, um, and then regular beer 
it is not included in craft beer, and that's down the list. Well liquor is last, uh, and then other, which I don't know what else you could order. I guess yeah, well, like I battery, what, yeah, battery yeah. acid or something. Maybe, um, but, but all the way down at the end is well liquor below regular beer. So that's the list for women. Now, two women, the most attractive thing that men order. What would you guess that is? Oh, dude! I mean, beer. Come on. <laughs> it is indeed craft beer. It's craft beer, yeah. <laughs> craft beer is the most attractive thing if you're on a date to order, which that one surprised me. <laughs> I am not surprised by that one at all. No. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think that a woman. You think a woman wants a guy who drinks beer? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beer. In, I mean, I don't know about regular beer, craft beer, but beer in general. I think that's something that women can relate to in terms of a. a a beer that a guy would order that they find attractive. I totally buy that. I think the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a new, not new, but it's a trend. And I think it's something that people are into is the craft beer, but I'm just surprised that women are like, yeah, I got a beer I, guy. I, I think there's a deeper <laughs> meaning. And I would, you know, after we're done reading this, this list here, I would, I would love to dive into it, but I think there's a, a big obvious pattern in terms of stereotyping and like father, daughter, you know, mother son relationship there. It could be that. I think it also could be that women want men who don't drink high alcoholic beverages and then drunk drive, but that's another topic for another time. But, uh, (laughs) that's why I I genuinely think, I think it's cool that water is number two on both lists. And with a, a huge percentage of the vote, like on the women, uh, on what women order 20, almost 23% of men said the most attractive thing a woman can order is water or a non-alcoholic beverage. And then almost 24% of women said the most attractive thing a man can order is water or non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah. So I think that's a cool, that's a cool little thing. Um, but that, so water, non-alcoholic was number two, top shelf liquor came in at number three, wine all the way down at number four. So women love their wine, but don't want their men to drink it, I guess. Yep. Um, regular beer at number five, mixed drinks and well liquor all the way down at the bottom. So don't be ordering well drinks. If you're out on a date, either sex, don't do it. You look childish. You look, I pity the fool. I think you look cheap. And, and, and I, I am totally for well drinks. I am an avid fan of well drinks, but if you're on a date and you're trying to, you know, impress somebody splurge the extra $4, dude, come on, man, you know, get, get the good stuff impress. And then once, the, the honeymoon phase is over and you, and you both kind of hate each other. Then you can get the, <laughs> the well. <laughs> I'm once just kidding. You really I'm get to know each other. Yeah, um, once you're like, oh, you're gross. Get away from me. That's where you can get the cheap shit. <laughs> yeah. Spending the extra $3 to go top shelf jumps you up from last place to third place. If you're a, if you're a man. Yeah, so right. men spend the extra money, get that top shelf drink. The women all definitely appreciate it. Yeah, and what I, I you know, I kind of we kind of alluded to it a couple minutes ago, but it's like, you know, the stereotype of a woman drinker when you ask a man what kind of beverage or what kind of style or category of an alcoholic beverage women drink, it's I would say eight out of ten men say wine is more of a woman drink than say beer, top shelf, whatever the case is. But if you ask a woman, oh, what when you think of an alcoholic beverage men drink. 10 out of 10 times, I would say maybe even nine and a half out of 10 times, they're going to say beer. So the fact that these, you know, points and percentages kind of line up with that, 
I think, you know, feeds into the stereotype of, you know, that. And when girls grow up, they see their dads drinking beer and they associate, you know, a real man, uh, a manly man, you know, uh, that kind of figure with, in, in, in terms of a, a, a partner as someone who drinks the same thing as her father and then vice versa, you know, you know, as I am the king of first dates and that's probably why I'm still single. But, you know, when a woman drinks wine, I think she's f- sophisticated and smart and elegant and beautiful because that's what society, whether it be movies or the societal norm, you know, kind of portrays in, into my thought process behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't really think too much into it. I'm always too nervous to even care. Uh, what did she order? I don't even know. Uh, what did I order? Uh, water? I don't, I don't remember. That's I ordered yeah. eight beers because I was so nervous. <laughs> Can I get eight McKenzie black cherry cider, please? <laughs> I'm shaking in my pants right now. <laughs> so the rest the rest of this goes into a lot more of info, you know, kind of infographs that break down similar things. Basically, it goes into um, what drinks specifically that women and men uh, view positively, negatively, what percentage of them view things negatively. We don't have to go into all of that. It is a cool article. It's on the Chive. Uh, like I said, it is called The, the judgments, judgments People, people Make. make. On based on the drinks you order right. um and but down if you scroll down a little bit further there it breaks down all thousand people and they were told to say the first words that came to their mind when certain uh types of alcohol were brought up and so it's just kind of interesting to see how people looked at the kind of the drinking oh, industry yeah, and what is. they viewed yeah, things yeah. as so bourbon for instance so somebody just basically they just ask people say the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word bourbon and the answers came back as um as skewed or as skewed as wide of a variety as classy uh manly drink enjoyed by the rich some people viewed it as um a drink for older men cool a perception uh so this so bourbon is pretty much cool or classy all the way across the board some people said old uh but i can you know, agree things with that. like that yeah yeah i think so bourbon's on the rise uh it is it is the fastest growing spirit type in the country right now i think old is a compliment it's not you know old old, old grandpa whatever but i think old is is vintage it's you know timeless so that's what i take that as now, craft beer, craft beer is uh, thought of as hip, <laughs> hipster, cool, <laughs> hip, cool. It does say hipsters right across the bottom, Vegan. like in big letters, yeah. hipsters. So it is hip, cool, fun, pretentious, and trendy. Normal, are therapy. the big key, big keywords that go into drinking craft beer. Yeah. That's, that's let's see what's this next. Uh, one? <laughs> I'm always like doubtful on these surveys just because we don't know how they're done. But so far, like this seems to me to be pretty, pretty accurate in terms of, you know, what I think would be adjectives or, you know, stats and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I could see that. I'm, I mean, the sad part is like all the things that I just, that I agree with, I still drink them and I'm like, damn it. I do feel old and stupid when I drink gin, (laughs) (laughs) but what are you going to do? Keep drinking it. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. I'm not going to stop that. By the way, we never introduced our beers that we're drinking today. No, I actually just saw that. We could, we can, uh, let's do that now. Let's, let's, let's break it up. Let's break it up. Yeah. This was just like a little teaser startup, you know? Yeah. We're going to so, get going now. 
So Jeff, what are you uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking a gift from our friend of the Beer Chasers, um, oh, Preston Oktoberfest that you brought me down. I did. Uh, and I decided that I was going to open this bad boy up at 6% alcohol. Um, and yeah, it is, uh, it's really good. I put it in a little snifter, opened it up a little bit. Color is really nice. It's hazy. It's, it's light, caramelly, uh, very nice Oktoberfest. I appreciate that. He, uh, he, he does those beers very well. But what I'm drinking is our good pals at Due South. When I was down there at the same time, I gave Jeff a bunch of beer, including the one he's drinking. We went over to do South as as uh, as normal as we normally do, and I am drinking their honey vanilla wheat. Oh, that sounds good! Uh, uh, straight from the can, it's in a koozie, so you can't really see it, but uh, it's damn it's damn good. Very honey, very yeah. vanilla, light, crisp, refreshing. Uh, so they, they, as usual, man, they killed it. I did. Um, I did drink the Never Nude by Red Cypress earlier today. The blueberry wheat beer that is uh, with blue, real blueberries. It's a purple, you know, deep purple color. Uh, what a great beer that is! It, yeah, right. So th- when I had that, we're gonna go a little off topic, whatever. When I had that, I thought it was just a blueberry wheat. So I was like, oh, cool, sweet, kind of my my jam. Come to find out, they label it as a hoppy wheat, which I'm like, oh, I don't know, man, hoppy, ugh. Uh, I liked it. Not the best wheat beer I've ever had, but for what it was, and considering uh, I'm kind of hesitant with with the term hoppy, uh, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I I thought it was awesome. It's great. So far, all those red cypress beers you brought are very good. That mango IPA, what was that one called? The uh, quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I haven't broke into that farmhouse sale yet. That will probably be my second beer tonight, but I don't know. I want to maybe save it for Cassie to get some too. Save it uh, for her. You want to make sure you put it in the fridge a day before you, 24 hours before you drink it. It's in the fridge now. Okay. All right. I'm, dude, I'm just checking. Just looking out, man. What do you think? I've run some kind of podunk operation over here. I'm always keeping my beers cold. I mean, that yeah, is Jupiter, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you checking those beers in the untapped? I haven't been. No, I oh, haven't been. I have not been very diligent about untapped. Stay on top I, of that shit, man. I know. I've been. I've been terrible about it. I actually was thinking about it today, and I have like fifty beers to check in. I've been the least diligent about untapped that you could possibly be lately. You have to force yourself to do it. To where the minute I open a new beer, as I'm trying it, I'm che- I'm rating it. <laughs> like it's such habit to me to where I can't not do it. Okay, so let's talk about this though. So let's talk because now, now you got me on a topic, and I'm thinking, what is this craze with Untapped? Like, I get it, kind of, because I'm am doing it, but I'm not. I'm not one. I'm not a social media guy. I, I I know you are, and Cassie very much is, and I I'm just not. I it doesn't get me, but I don't understand the the Untapped craze the same way I guess everybody else does. I did check in some beers at Barrel of Monks last week, and it, yeah. I thought it was super cool that they had a, a TV behind the bar that anytime you untapped a beer, it showed your name and your rating of that beer. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool on the TV, mm-hmm. but otherwise I have, I don't get it. What's cool with untapped, excuse me, on bourbon is the fact that you can keep track of the beers you're checking in. That's one. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, what are you drinking? I don't know, man. I've been drinking since noon. You're drinking the burp soda from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate right. Factory. No, don't even bring up Willy Wonka. 
Secondly, <laughs> it allows you as a user to find out what's around your area in terms of tabs beers available. For example, and that works for me today, is last night I was I was laying in bed listening to uh, the new Harry Styles singles. I was flipping Dead. through, right? I have no shame in admitting that. Anyway, so I'm going through Untapped, and I click, you know, I go the, you know, nearby drinks. I and I see, like, oh shit, Lucky's Market on the corner of Alafe and Colonial. Somebody checked in French toast from Funky Buddha. So I said, oh damn. So today, earlier today, I went to uh, my buddy Jay's house for a barbecue, and uh, I was like, dude, do you know Lucky's Market had French toast tapped? No way. Calls them, they have it. We go get her shit. We go over there. He got a 32 ounce growler fill of funky booty French toast for $4. Wait, what? Why? Why is it so cheap? Because I think they messed up. I think they screwed up bringing him up because when we called, it was $8 for a 32 ounce, which is still a great deal. But when the cashier rung him up, she's like, Oh, is this a, a, a domestic? Right. And Jay's like, well, yeah, it's a domestic because funky Buddha is a domestic brewery. She okay, it's four dollars, but unbeknownst to us, she meant domestic as in like Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors Light, not domestic as in oh, it's craft beer. It's more, it's double the price. So he has a eight dollars is still a good deal, it's, right? Regardless, but he paid French toast thirty uh, thirty two ounce growler for four dollars, and I end up getting a pint. <laughs> I feel like you hear stories like that all the time, and it like blows my mind that like like that doesn't happen in any other industry where like people just like mess up pricing and like, Oh, they don't know what this is worth. And so we're just going to sell it for this much. Like, like if you go to any bar, Jack Daniels is always going to be like seven to $9. You know what I mean? Like sure. you're not going to, you're not going to go into some bar and somebody's just like, Oh yeah, it's like uh, $2. Right. But on the same time, it's also depending on where you, if you're going to get Jack Daniels in Miami, that's a, that's a $18 drink. Yeah. But they're not but with what you're saying, they're not gonna be like, oh, I don't know, five dollars. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And like craft beer, I feel like everybody has those stories where like they found that gas station that had one twenty minute for a four pack for six bucks, and you're like, What the hell is this? Like, how do you how does this happen in this industry? I mean, that happened the to craziest us, stuff. Yeah, happened to us the other day. I won't name the place, but we did get four year old uh KBS for uh under ten dollars <laughs> per bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. Well, Some of us got two of them. <laughs> I might actually go put one. I might go put one in the fridge right now. Some of us got, but yeah, we nine dollars for twenty thirteen KBS. I mean, I think that's one of those things that really works to the people who know their pricing and know the you know and know what they're getting to where it's like, damn dude, like I just got thirty two ounces of French toast for eight dollars or four dollars to where the common craft beer drinker or the, even the common drinker is like, I don't know what that means, but. Uh, it tastes weird to me. <laughs> is it is it good as Bud Light? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste like Bud Light. No, sir, it does not. <laughs> Give me something that tastes like Bud Light. Well, hold on. Try this. This is Narragansett. It's actually way better than Bud Light. <laughs> Narragansett is good. I, I dig it. It's very good. I dig it. It's considered craft. So, uh, yeah. It is considered craft. But yeah, that's I mean that's what uh, that's why that's what's so cool about Untapped is you can you, you can see what other people think of the beer. You can it's I personally think it's better research than Rate Beer and Beer Advocate because those those sites are so skewed to where like Beer Advocate 
is so big with hop heads and rape beer is just has this weird rating scale that I, it's just oh it's a 99 for style but 64 overall like so what's know, oh, okay so what's your motivation then so for for if, if you go to a brewery because you just said so you can discover beers uh and so you can check out beers in your area or whatever but what's your motivation as a drinker to go on there and update it? Like I, to me, that's the hardest part. Like I agree with you. I like using it when I go to a new brewery and I'm like, Ooh, what new, I don't know what this beer is. Let me see how it rates. But mm-hmm. I don't understand my ability to like, or my, not my ability, but my need to, um, to go in and rate it. I, right. I just, I've never had, I, I do. I try to, don't get me wrong, but I just, I do it more for the show than anything else. It's not like I, I, beer you know what i mean right so with with that question you asked really the biggest reason i even do do that is to keep track of what i drink i've drank so much like i'm at 1400 beers and that's not that's maybe half of the beers i've checked in in the last like four years because i don't i try not to check in duplicates a whole lot um unless they're like you know rare or hard to get duplicates like if I'm if I'm drinking a Bell's Oberon, I'm not and I, and I have six of them. I'm not checking Bell's Oberon six times. I'm checking in once, and then saying, right. "Oh, had six of them, still of a four point two five great grape beer, whatever." Right. But I for that with going to breweries, I check and rate. So when I go to a brewery again or a bar again, I can go in there and say, "Oh, have I had this beer? Let me check at it." And I go to my ratings. If I've had it and I gave it a bad score, then I'm not going to buy that beer again. And that's that's okay. one of the reasons why I do that. I also leave comments in 95% of all my check-ins because just in case future Mike sees that beer again and I forget how it was, I go back and not only the rating house, but also the, the notes I leave on it. Yeah. Too. So, for example, I had two Ols D's Nuts. And it's an oatmeal stout. Tool, good brewery. Tool. Yeah, great brewery. Yeah, good brewery. Uh, these nuts is a like a twelve and a half percent oatmeal style with hazelnuts. Great, solid hazelnut aroma. I'm big on hazelnuts right now. I'll buy anything with hazelnuts in it. But the beer was so boozy, it was undrinkable. And I gave it bougie. a two and a half out of five. It was very bougie. And I end up, <laughs> I only had like five ounces of it, and I drank two ounces. I couldn't do the rest, and I end up dumping it. My, I, my sample glass i was sharing it with two other guys but it was so it, like it burned just like vodka it was so bougie so like things like that so now in the future if i see that i'll check untapped and say oh i've had it i didn't like it i'm not gonna spend eight dollars on a on a another bottle plus yeah okay plus with the show when we have another award show which is coming up very soon the mid 2017 awards I can go back and write down the beers that I liked and, and, and give them the appropriate uh, rankings. That's true. And then I just have to struggle and try to remember. Right. So, and that makes me look like a fool. So our biggest episode, one of our, I would say probably our biggest episode was our 2016 craft beer award uh, double show. And all of my rating, all my, all my finalists were strictly off untapped because I've had so many beers, been in so many places. I can't remember them all. And I have to use a reference to be like, all right, you know, the Due South's uh, Maple Orange Caramel Cream 5 out of 5, that beer was titties. That's going to fucking win. Or the Funky Buddha French Toast, one gold. And that's all off untapped. 
Do you actually leave notes like that beer is titties? Uh, yeah, I leave some. I mean, not all the time, but when if I'm it drunk, is titties, though, you leave it and it says. Oh titties yeah, well, if, it. It, if it deserves a titties adjective, it's getting all the titties. Or do you sometimes just do the parentheses space period? No, I, I know. I don't do that shit. Unless it's you a dick, do I'll whole... do the. I'll do the dick with the eight, the equal, 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 equal signs of the capital D. Yeah, but that's very rare. Yeah. It's like a, it's yeah, like that's a like a, that's old school. Now there's emojis for that. Yeah, nah, 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 just nah, eggplant nah. it. Yeah, it's eggplant. <laughs> eggplant all day. But I kind of want. I really want to circle back because you know I had this article pulled up, and for organ organizational purposes, we're, we're playing foul. But uh, whatever. Let's go. Sorry. Let's, let's, you know we're we're not we're not famous for being organized. No, no, uh, no. So in the if you're going on the <clears throat> article, Jeff, the fourth picture, the age to perfection, it breaks all the different rankings of the drinks that we've mentioned earlier down by age. Okay, and this is super fascinating. Super duper fascinating. Super to say. We won't go into every single one, but there's a couple key points I want I want to uh, put out there. So the most attractive drinks ordered by women, first place winner was wine. The most percentage of of women who order wine or between 61 and 70 based on the survey. Oh yeah. 69.2%. The closest percentage to that is the 51 to 60 age age range at 41.7. So what that means is as women get older, they tend to drink more wine from, uh, I think well, from like essentially 41 on is, is very wine dominant. Right. Yeah, and it's a it's an upward trend. It's it's obvious. Actually, no, it's like fifty one on because the forty ones all the way down to twenty one are all the same, pretty much thirty four, thirty two, thirty three. But it dips between twenty one and thirty, and thirty one to forty. It dips a, uh, about two percent. Yeah, maybe a little less, but it goes from forty one to seventy. Essentially, it, it increases, and there's a big jump between the age ranges of forty one and fifty, fifty one and sixty, and sixty one and seventy. By you know, it's most. Second. What's most interesting about this is at the 61 to 70 age group, 0% drink cra- prefer craft beer, mixed drinks, or top shelf liquor. Correct. Or beer. well liquor. Beer is at 7.7%. Just regular beer, 7.7%, or non-alcoholic at 23%, or wine. That is it for women. Uh, right. as, they, as they age, they prefer less and less well liquor, top shelf liquor, mixed drinks, or craft beer. And then in the survey, for women ages 21 to 30 and 31 to 40, you get a well liquor and other at virtually no, like they're almost non-existent, but they're completely off the chart, like not even on there from 41 to 70, well liquor and and whatever other means. Mm -hmm. But for the age range of 41 to 50, regular beer isn't mentioned, but it shows up at 61 to 70. And craft beer falls off, but yet craft beer is a big number in the forty-one to fifty range. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's a newer trend, and I think that those uh, younger adults in the you know thirty-one to forty, forty-one to fifty, those kind of you know younger adults. I mean, let, let's be real; that's the younger generation of adult right. people. I think they're more keen to the to the trends and what's going on and they're going out to more restaurants and they're the ones who are dining most and they're seeing this craft beer world you know turn in 
everywhere. I mean, every restaurant you go to, you find craft beer on tap and stuff like that. So I think that's why you see that craft beer. I mean, it's a huge number in 51 to 60 and then it's in 61 to 70. Right. Yeah. So that, that's, a good, that's a good point. You made a good point. I, I didn't see that right away until you mentioned it. So going down to the, the bottom half of that same chart with men, craft beer peaks between the ages of 41 to 50 at 31.1%. But for the most part, it's pretty much even keel. You know, you're looking at around 30%, and then between 51 and 60 and 61 and 70, it dips a little bit. But water and top shelf liquor, look at the age range of 61 and 70 for top shelf liquor. 33.3% of men who took this survey drink top shelf liquor from the ages of 61 to 70. Blows all the other categories pretty much out of the water. Oh, it does. Yeah. Except for craft beer, which it still blows out of the water, but right. But craft so beer is close. Third, a third of all the men drink top shelf liquor because they're, but, they're retired. It's all scotch, <laughs> man. It's all scotch. It's all scotch. scotch and gin, dude. <laughs> it's crushing the scotch drinks. But if you look right above You'd that. You'd be surprised. I, I sell so much scotch to these to older men. If you look at the one above it, uh, for the, the same age range, 61 and 70, as uh, top shelf liquor triples, water non-alcoholic drinks cuts in half. Yeah, at three thirteen point three percent. So men in uh, between the sixty-one and seventy less drink the water as when they were younger, and they substitute that water with uh, top shelf liquor. It's good substitution. Fancy men, Sean Connery, fancy, and that I found yeah. very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, when you get into the 41 age group, you start drinking more water. You try to stay a little bit more sober. Yeah. And and that's when you got the kids in the backseat. It's 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 so it's so like crazy like craft beer is so new to where you know, their biggest for men, their biggest percentage is the between 41 and 50 where those guys when they were legal to drink whether it was 18, 21, I don't know, whatever, before our time. You know, there's only, you know, the, the macros around Coors Light, uh, uh, Paps, uh, uh, Budweiser, uh, all of them were all, you know, craft beer wasn't necessarily what it is now, but yet there is such a dominant, I mean, they're the biggest percentage of the age range drinking craft beer. Yeah. And yeah, very strange. It's cool. And I would have expected 21 to 30 being, you know, the highest, but it's actually, it's, it's the second highest at 29. 29.5%. Interesting. Yeah, and then, and then 31 to 40. No, I wouldn't have guessed 21 to 30. I th- 21, think about 21 to 23 to 24 even. Most of most of that age group is still drinking the macro beers or whatever the well drink is that's on discount. Or, you know, they're freshly out of college or right in college towns. So to me, that doesn't surprise me as much that the younger 21 to 30 demographic, because half of them are newly graduates or, or, you know, they're, they're drinking the cheaper stuff still. I get that before you establish yourself, uh, and, and have a bankroll enough to spend $7 on a beer. Um, but 31, 31 to 40 is where I would have guessed it. And that actually drops off a little bit. I would have guessed 31 to 40 was the biggest demographic. I can agree with that. Um, and then, but nope, it is not. 
Yeah, it's now if you go <clears throat> to to pictures five and six, right below that, uh, both are titled uh, "The Drink Orders of Women" and then "The Drink Orders of Men." Pretty much how men perceive uh, the percentage of I view it positively, I view it neutral, and I view it negatively of women ordering their drinks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting because it, it divides up the drinks a little bit more. Um, so you have craft beer, wine, sugary, colorful drink, tequila, gin, and rum. Glass of wine is a 63%. Men view that positively when women order it. And then craft beer is just at 50%, the highest of the two. Mm-hmm. To where <clears throat> a rum drink, gin, tequila, and the sugary, colorful drink are primarily neutral by a lot. Yeah. By a lot. So men, can, I guess, can care less about those four, but craft beer and wine really gravitate to men when a, a woman that, that they're on a date with, whatever, is ordering. So those, you know, that to me is, is super interesting. Now, if, <clears throat> if you scroll down to the drinks ordered by men and how women view it, craft beer is at 58% that women view that positively when they, when their man buys a drink, but wine is a wash. 43.2% view it positively. 42.7% view it as neutral. So that mm-hmm. is a wash. That is surprising. But yeah, women just uh, don't seem to care if you actually order wine. They just care. Yeah. The, I mean, they, they do view it positively with craft beer, but wine is just like, whatever. Nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you're right. And then sugary, colorful drink, uh, 47.7% of the women surveyed view that negatively. So they don't want you ordering the, the, the colorful shit, sugary shit. Uh-uh. That is a female-only drink, ladies and gentlemen. Not around. allowed. Um, and then everything else is pretty much uh, tequila, gin, and rum is primarily neutral. Uh, the only thing of point to, to really bring up is that gin uh, 39.3% of women view that as positively when their men, when their man orders it to where 47.3% view it as neutral. So there's a little bit more of a, of a closer margin there with gin compared to tequila, sugary, colorful drinks and rum. So that's yeah. also worth, you know what I noticed, what I noticed, which I think is worth mentioning and not to be uh this isn't sexist in any way, but it's interesting that men just don't really seem to give a shit at all about what women order. There are things they find positive. There are also things they find neutral, but for the large percentage, there is nothing that they view overwhelmingly negative. Everything is either neutral or positive. Whereas women have a couple categories where they actually view it negatively with by a pretty significant margin tequila drinks. They don't want you ordering that. They don't want you ordering sugary, colorful drinks. Um, it just it, it seems like there's a little bit more negativity or neutrality on the women's side where i mean neutral wins out on five of the categories and negative wins out on one of them i'm sorry four of the categories and neutral wins out on one of them whereas mm-hmm. men viewing it positively wins out two times and viewing it neutral wins out the remaining four times i right so i think that really fits we, the we don't we really like don't care we're just like yeah whatever what or whatever you want which is what we yeah. always say, and then nobody believes us. But now right. we actually have proof. <laughs> right. I, I think it's, you know, to say that women are more attached to tangible things and like to be attached to, you know, something that can be representful or, you know, is, is an accurate statement to compared to, 
you know, when you ask a man, what do you want for your dinner? We really don't give a shit. As long no. as I get sick from it. Yeah, I could care I mean, less. These are, it's, you know, it's not being sexist. It's just, you know, the stereotypes are true. And that's why they're stereotypes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't, I don't see any negative, negative, anything negative about that. Um, I'm just going through this list. Yeah, yeah. So, um, dude, there's a lot. There's a lot of information here. Um, so, you know, we kind of mentioned before about the words that people associate with the different drinks. So, bourbon, uh, classy, cool, old, fun. Craft beer is hip, cool, hipsters. Um, going down to continue that, uh, before we change topics, we were at gin. And the biggest word in gin is old. Then you have old. gross, gross, normal, boring and classy so gin's kind of all over the place except for old go old man if you drink that shit i love gin i I really do it has to be mixed drinking Um, gin on the rocks but it's like it's such a good cocktail drink good cocktail spirit yeah now if you go down below that regular beer the the (laughs) two really you get the three biggest words men normal average and then below that, uh, big words still, but but fine, boring, boring, common, cool, uh, basic, regular. Okay, so you definitely see a a you know a big area area of commonality: average, normal, common. Okay, uh, yeah, I see fat, fat, <laughs> fat in big letters. Yeah, uh, rum, fun. Fat. fun uh rum drunks fun okay young uh cool old okay fine pirates normal partiers so those are some of the words these people associate with rum fun pirates the the number one word (laughs) yeah i feel just like pirates like right we got the we asked the audience for the top seven answers of what you think of the words you think of what you think of rum show me pirates yeah, show me pirates. Just pops up number seven. <laughs> uh, tequila, oh, biggest word by far is fun. Yep. Uh, crazy, Mexican, tipsy, partiers, drunk, adventurous. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I want to call it. Te- that's surprising. Tequila being fun. I think te- tequila is a ton of fun. Tequila is uh, at least a lot of bad things. Well, yeah, and a lot of good things. Uh, vodka, Russian, nor ro- vodka has a lot of com a lot of big words. Uh, Russian, normal, fun, okay, boring, drunks, young, cool, fine. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. You know, this one's all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wine, sophisticated, snobby, women, snobs, older, normal, classy, rich, refined. Uh, some positive, some negative. Some positive, some. But I mean, that's what I said when you asked me about wine. I mean, like that is what people think is sophisticated, higher class, smart, successful. Um, and that's what us guys want, women, so we can just be a stay-at-home dads and just be fat alcoholics. We're trying, and then we can just drink our craft beer and our gin and leave us alone. (laughs) Yeah. And bourbon, because we're old and fun. <laughs> when we get old, it turns into scotch, and then that's, that's it. Right. That's 61, right. Right. Yeah, 61 yeah, yeah. to 70, we're drinking nothing but scotch. 
So this is very interesting as a as as you know as a man as myself who has been on more dates than I can count and they have all been unsuccessful. Um, I know not to order wine or top shelf. I'm gonna stick with my beer and I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna enjoy it. And then if she doesn't, be proud order, of it. Yeah, if she doesn't order wine or craft beer, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then just leave. <laughs> <laughs> The old Irish goodbye. <laughs> and you get a text 20 minutes later through hey, Tinder. Hey, no. Hey, are dude. you still here? Dude, rookies still. Dude, before you go on the date, you got to get the number, dude. Come on. I know you've been out Listen, the game. I know you've been out the game. I was going to say, I, I, I ain't been playing on Tinder in a long time. You got to get the number before you go on a date, bro. Come on. We're fucking old men here. We're almost pushing 30. I am at least almost. I am. I'm a little closer than you. A Not by bit. much. Not by much. So yeah, this is a good article. I'm glad uh, you kind of brought it to my attention. It's very, very interesting and fascinating. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah it was. Cool. It was fun to see what you know what people. And the funny thing is, because I'm behind a bar a lot of the time, and I, I, you know, as much as you hate to admit that you do it, but you do judge the orders of people a tiny bit. You know, you. You look at somebody, oh, I can't believe they order that, or I'm surprised, you know, that dude ordered a Cosmo, or, you know, so, you know, just like little things like that, but you just never really understand why the other person. Um, and we've talked about it with Wob, how many, how many times a couple would come up and the order would be a double IPA and a wheat beer, a fruity wheat beer, and the guy's drinking the fruity wheat beer and the girl's yeah. just crushing double IPAs. And you're like, wow, I would have never guessed that, you know? It's it's hard not to slatter her your number. <laughs> you're like, I, I love you. <laughs> this guy's drinking fucking weak shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah as we man. talked about how good how good we talked about how good Never Nude was earlier, and now we're sitting yeah. here saying that. <laughs> hey man, it's hoppy. It's it's manly as fuck. It's so manly. I mean, how would you judge if a guy ordered like six Mackenzie Black Ciders on a date with like a six foot tall blonde pageant winner? I think that Mackenzie um, Ciders fit the uh, fruity drink category, and I think she probably viewed it negatively. Um, that's probably where I went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or the Terrapin you cranberry pumpkin beers. <laughs> Yeah, you probably should have ordered. Uh, you probably should have ordered like a nice uh, single malt scotch older than yourself. Oh yeah, because Wop totally has those. Like a We're thirty, get, like a bourbon barrel aged uh, Goose Island, Bourbon County. Oh, there you go. Except we don't drink macros on the show. What the fuck, Mike? No, I'm just kidding. Are you burping or are you throwing no, up? What's going on? No, I'm, I'm like just burping, quasi throwing up, but burping at the same time. I'm good. I'm pushing it through. I'm going 10 hours strong. Sunday, fun day, everybody, right? <laughs> Sunday, fun day. So we're about an hour, well, a little less than an hour. I think it's a good time to wrap up this, uh, this fun episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed not having to think a whole lot. And not having yeah. to like follow up necessarily a, a path because people don't understand like when we do like last episode when we sat down and talked about wicked weed and all that like that takes a lot of like I want to say a, an obscene amount of time but like all of us have to kind of stay on top of our game in terms of like what we're saying how we're thinking so we don't so we sound informed and not like blabbering idiots 
So those kind of episodes kind of take a toll a little bit to where like you got to come prepared and and kind of stay on top of the conversation, not just blabber on about cool shit that you find on chive articles like we did today. You know, it's nice to take a little time off and do that. Just a little yeah. chill, a little time off. It's a lot easier too, less thinking. So I I appreciate it. The change, me so, does. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a good time that we're gonna we're gonna start plugging. Plug it anywhere. Uh, I'll go first. Um, website haven't done shit to it since the last time I mentioned it. Uh, I've been a little busy. Things have come up to kind of derail my my uh, my plans in terms of getting that done. But uh, tomorrow I'm I'm devoting a couple hours to getting the website up. Now that I have most of everything I want, uh, I'll talk to Jeff off air about some other things I'm going to fill out. But other than that, uh, website's coming along. Store, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're, you know, the store has hasn't changed in terms of the progress. Uh, I have a bunch of designs written down. What I want to do, just a matter of doing that in Photoshop and InDesign and Adobe Illustrator and getting those uploaded and get that set up. The shirts are coming. Stickers are coming. Uh, hopefully, magnets. Maybe a limited release because they're ridiculously expensive. Uh, some other stuff, you know. I, I kind of want to uh, get printed or get get made that we either a hand out or people can purchase. But other than that, uh, everything's pretty much status quo. You know, that's that's about it. I'm glad we didn't miss today. You know, we've we had a rough a rough couple weeks where yeah. you know everyone's schedule was kind of crazy. And we didn't re- record anything for about a month. Uh, so you know, it's it's good to uh, stay on top of things and and, and get things going keeps me motivated keeps me wanting to to kick ass and do shit so uh other than that i mean nothing really new in terms of uh immediate future things so uh, jeff what you got going on um nothing kind of similar did a little barbecue today i went into uh it's it's really funny i went to my dad's house for a little father's day barbecue and uh, his girlfriend had bought us some beer, and she said, "Oh, I don't know if you guys will like it or whatever." You know? So she goes in, and it's uh, it's actually the Barrel of Monks uh, Wit beer that I had that I talked about <laughs> on the show last week. And she bought and she bought a six pack of it, and I was like, "I love this beer." I just talked about it on the show last week, so that was kind of funny. Uh, shout out to them again for just yeah, shout Barrel Monks doing good beers, good beers. Uh, so that was cool. Um, it is officially official. We've been talking about it for a long time. I'm going to bring it up every single week until we do go because the show is going international. Trump did not shut it down. His announcement did not affect our trip. We are going to Cuba, Havana, Cuba. Cuba. Uh, we will be going there. I will be attempting as best I can. I'm going to put as much effort as I possibly can into uh, recording a show from there. Uh, Internet is not a very common thing around Havana. So finding a place that'll allow me to do the show is going to be a challenge, but we will work on it. If I can do a show from Havana, I would love to, and we'll be trying to work that out on our end. Uh, But the show is going international. Either way, I am going to be talking about, uh, the beer industry, the drinking industry, everything that has happened over there since Prohibition, since the Bay of Pigs, since we have not been able to get uh, tourism. And they're a little time capsule in a completely different world. And I want to see how that works uh, in their drinking uh, industry and how their bar scene is comparatively to ours. So we will be going there doing our research and our due, gil- due diligence for the show, meaning that I'm going to drink as much beer and rum as possible <laughs> and tell you guys about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Doing what we do best. <laughs> and it is going to be fun and you guys are going to like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan. So I'm 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 super pumped for that for that uh show and, and to you know to hear what Jeff experienced and what he saw and kind of how all that like you said, you know, the industry and whatnot. But uh that's that's it. I mean, we got nothing really no announcements. I have a couple things in the works I kind of want to do, but I haven't reached out to the breweries to do that, but you know, we we'll, we got we're always thinking. Always always think about things to to do and and stuff like that. But uh so I want to give another shout out to Barrel Monks. I know we kind of gave him a shout out towards the end of last episode, but I'll give him another quick shout out, Barrel Monks, for che- treating Jeff like a gem and for being just as swell guys that you are. Um, shout out to Do South, as always. Um, and then uh, I had a shout out and it left my mind. Bye, and shout out. Yeah, bye, shout out. So, um, oh, yeah, that's right. Want to wish all the fathers out there a ha- happy Father's Day. It is Father's Day today, at the day of this recording. So happy Father's Day to everyone who listens, all the daddies out there, the 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 baby daddy, dads, pops, whatever other name you go by. Happy Father's Day. Hope you guys had a great one. And as always, thanks again for listening to our episodes and for supporting us. And until next time, we will see you at the bar. See you. Peace.